0: Today, we'll be speaking with Andrew Wilgar. He's the vice president of sales at Bonfire, one of the fastest growing government tech companies. And this is a story of someone who's a master of leveraging his network from car sales to recruiting and a story of how one thing really does lead to another. You're really gonna enjoy this one. Stay tuned. Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hey, how's it going? Andrew, Thank you for joining
1: us. Yeah, thanks, Joseph. I'm doing doing well. Um, excited to uh, excited to chat this morning for sure.
0: I'm so excited to be sharing your journey, too. Uh, I know we've we've known each other for a while, and uh, I just know the great work that you're doing at fantastic tech companies, uh, but sharing the details of how you got into tech, this is going to be so much fun.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty funny to think about it going all the way back, but some really interesting connections that led to, led to where I am today. So I've been really fortunate along the way, so happy to chat about it.
0: Awesome. So, thinking thinking a little bit about the start of the story, um, let's let's give people an idea of the destination. What is Bonfires' elevator pitch? You know, what are you guys doing? What's the impact? Why should people be so excited about the company?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, we work in the procurement space, and in today's world, for a lot of government agencies, running a, a request for proposal uh, or an RFP is an extremely manual process very time-consuming paper-based heavy-handed kind of stuff and so we saw an opportunity to to change that and we we believe by helping a a government agency take that archaic rfp process or procurement process online uh, we could help them out so so that's what bonfire set out to do and today we have close to 400 uh, agencies across North America, um, using Bonfire to run a much more efficient procurement process, which in today's world is especially important as we deal with the, the crisis, we, we enable them to buy things more quickly, in particular, you know, health, medical, all that sort of stuff. So, it's a it's a dark space that people don't often uh, have a lot of familiarity with, but it's a very important space, and we saw this really cool opportunity to help government uh, improve it. So, we, uh, we take an old process. And we take it online, make it a whole lot better.
0: This, this is awesome. And you're, you're just growing like crazy. We see all the press about you know, the, the fundraisers, the hiring, the growth. And, and I know this isn't your first tech role, um, but I'd like to, to kind of roll the clock back. We talk a little bit about how people got into tech. Uh, you shared with me a really entertaining story about how you got your first sales job. So, can we start with that one? Can you can you share a little sure. bit about how you got started?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a funny one that starts on just kind of a normal uh, Saturday afternoon. I think I was nineteen. I was with my dad. Uh, he was car shopping, and we were at uh, Waterloo Nissan. And uh, I was with him, and I just happened to be talking with the the sales rep who was helping us. And he sort of said, "Hey, you know, you know, you know a lot about the, these cars, and the, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you uh, you should apply because we need some we we need some more help." Also, it also kind of helped. My dad knew the owner of the dealership at the time, Uh, and so I did, and I got this job um, as a car salesman. So, sort of (laughs) a a go for car salesman kind of role. But uh, I had no idea at the time that it was going to turn into anything from there. But it kind of did.
0: The pressing question, though: Did the sales rep close the deal? Did your did your dad buy the car from
1: him? He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. Okay.
1: And I still remember the guy's name was Mark. I, I'm always curious about where he is today. He was a super nice guy, sort of our, my age. And anyway, uh, he was the one that proposed it. So I kind of owe him a thanks, really.
0: Well, there we go. Well, yeah. we'll have to find him and flip him this podcast episode. That's right. So you can hear the journey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're selling cars and you're in school at this time, right? Yeah, I was at Laurier at the time. Yep. Um,
0: what yep. were you studying? Was it relevant to car sales?
1: Not at all. No. And, and <laughs> you know, I think... If there's something I would, I would share with people out there about my journey, uh, and I'm always really open about this. I was never a great academic. It's never been my strong suit. I always mm-hmm. liked kind of entrepreneurial ventures. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I did something about school and then I never vibed all that well. But I was at Laurier. I was actually studying geography and then kind of doing some business course stuff on the side. But that was my, that was my major at the time. Um, which is kind of funny. I never really did a whole lot with that, but it was something I just enjoyed. So that's where I was. Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah. we we actually get a lot
0: of people who have a background in automotive sales uh, and they'd like to break into tech. Uh, and so I think a lot are going to be very interested about your journey. Uh, now, you didn't start right into tech. It's not like you went from car sales to VP sales at, at Bonfire. Um, you you shared earlier a fantastic story about how you got into your next role, uh, and I think it was uh, it was Jim, was it that helped you out? Can you share a bit about yeah. what happened there?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jim Fairfax at Kitchener Executive Consultants. Uh, he, I get this phone call from this this guy randomly. I post my job on or post my resume on monster.ca, and I get this call one day from a guy who says, "You know, hey, Andrew James Bennett Wilgar," and uses my full four name. <laughs> official name. I like, Who is this? And it turned out to be Jim Fairfax. And he, he uh, ran Kitchener Executive Consultants, which is a, um, a recruiting firm in town. Oh, okay. And uh, Jim said, Hey, you know, we find a lot of people uh, from the auto industry have a lot of success in, in our industry in, the, in terms of the selling side of it. And I didn't really know a lot about, con- uh, about recruiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing about it, except it sounded interesting. Like, well, I get to hire or help hire people. This sounds pretty cool. I'm only 21. <laughs> that sounds like a real leap. Um, and so I went in and Jim is, Jim's is just like really big uh, personality, great guy to learn from, uh, was really supportive. Um, there were a bunch of guys in that office that taught me a lot. And what they taught me was uh, you know, I would go in and really like map out organizations. I was doing a ton of cold calling huh. and learning how to, you know, ask questions, navigate past gatekeepers, a whole lot of stuff like that. Which, at the time, was it just you know, it was 21 and it was a job, and all I wanted to do was figure out like how to get to the next weekend kind of thing. But I was getting all the skill uh, that I, I, you know, it became extremely valuable down the road. So Jim gave me this opportunity, and I worked with them for. Uh, a little while in summers while I was at Laurier, all that sort of stuff. It was great. So that was kind of the next stepping stone um, was Jim Fairfax. So
0: uh, there we go. We go from from automotive to recruiting. You're picking up kind of cold calling. You're still at school. Um, Now, the interesting part of it, though, is uh, here here in Waterloo, there's two universities, uh, Laurier, which you mentioned, and and Waterloo, uh, which is kind of more recognized for its engineering and technical side. You ended up, working with a tech company here in town and that's that kind of pivotal shift we get a lot of questions about that how to get into tech could you speak a little bit about just how you got acquainted with with that group how did you get in what how did you get your foot in the door
1: yeah yeah for sure um well i so i was i was fortunate in one respect that i uh had a family friend who was consulting um at the university of waterloo and he was doing some work with communitech and a number of small uh startups. And I think it's actually now I think it was in the the MBET program. Um anyway, uh you know, he's good friends with my dad and and I was it was just happened to be one of those things where I was telling him what I was doing. And he said, "Hey, you know, you should meet the guys at Spark Matrix. It's one of the companies I'm helping. Mm-hmm. David, Lee, and James, these you know, two guys that had this software for landlords. Um, yeah, kind of one of those things I knew not, didn't know a lot about. I knew I wanted to get into tech though. I, I you know even then tech was really heating up the blackberry was huge at that time. Um, so I had that side of it for sure. Um, but I, you know I've, there's also this just willingness, I think. Uh, I was meeting with a lot of people. so I, I always had this entrepreneurial really? side. I was meeting with lots of folks. I was always wanted to take a coffee or always like I always wanted to meet with, uh, it's funny. I, I always think, about like, I want to meet my dad's friends, my dad, you know, you sort of meet their network. It's another network. I, um, I met a whole lot of people along the way, uh, to, to help out. So I really, I did focus and I recall this very clearly focus on getting myself out there. Um, and this one just happened to be close to home and a Lou who's still a good family friend of ours, introduced me to Dave and James at spark matrix. And that got me into tech I met with them, they needed some help cold calling and reaching out to landlords and getting their product out there. And um, that's that's kind of the starting point. And then it was kind of cool because Spark Matrix got into the accelerator program at the accelerator center on Hagee Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And we met, uh, you know, met My Vision and Curtis and Tony and Kevin and those guys there and Kevin Hood. And that really got, you know, sort of, that was a launching pad, and, you know. Obviously, that's what it was supposed to be, but it really was. The, the network uh, I met there, and of course, the, the biggest one uh, that has influenced, influenced my life is is meeting Corey Flat back in those days. That was 2005. So
0: so that idea of leveraging and kind of getting into the network, I want to come back to that. So I'm going to kind of put that one to the side and, and we'll sure. spend some time on that. But you mentioned two separate things that I don't want to let you you, you lose. So number one, you spoke about your father's network, getting to know my father's friends. You know, when we last spoke, you mentioned about how your father and brother were great at sales. Could you share a little bit about that? How did that impact you? Because I think that's an important part of your story too.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Well, my brother is uh, almost 10 years older than I am. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's always been extremely entrepreneurial. Um, And so yeah, you know, you you grow up uh, looking up to your big brother, for sure. And um I even leveraged his network uh, a fair amount actually in the, in different endeavors and in funny kind of ways, everything from you know lawyers mm-hmm. to buddies of his, that kind of thing but uh, and then and my dad was um my dad had amazing work ethic or has amazing work ethic and um you know he he just he was always he was always willing to share he was a part of rotary in town that was a, that was a big thing actually. I had his mm-hmm. rotary book and contacts like I remember meeting um, Mike Alcure, who's like the owner of Victoria Star Motors and um, just, I don't know, just different names of these guys, business owners in town that I sort of admired. And and I would uh, reach out to them. In my brewing days, I got to meet John Sleeman, Jim Brickman, and, you know, I would just, I would call these guys up and just ask for a meeting. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I met some really, I tried really hard to meet people that i uh, admired i knew had amazing work ethic okay. or stories that kind of thing so that was that was okay. really it. just love in that
0: just to quickly help our audience because uh, our audience has spread all across north america you dropped yeah. a couple of names there sleeman brickman who are these people you know why why are these big names
1: uh yeah i mean jim brickman uh brick brewing here in yeah. waterloo now waterloo yeah. brewing but um i mean he was kind of the pioneer of like the craft beer Beer space back in the early '80s, uh, mm-hmm. and then same with John Sleeman. Sleeman Brewing sold it to Sapporo. Um, yeah, I, I spent some time in the brewing industry and was looking for some help and guidance, and and both those guys were willing to, to chat with me. Okay. Um,
0: I, I love the audacity of it. It's just like, hey, let's call up these uh, you know t- titans of beer. Uh, this is great.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I was fortunate to have a couple of people who were like, hey, you know, I know Jim. I'll also you know i'll kind of support you in that or i'll i'll nudge jim to you know take your call kind of thing so nice. i i had that but but that also stemmed just from you know calling up the phone and, and talking to those guys so it it all sort of um snowballs i suppose
0: so there's this kind of like that hidden hidden story in there about being willing to put yourself out there but also kind of wrapping around that contact to, to kind of fill in the buyer there there's a, a lot there about the buying circle. Um, There's so much good stuff here. Okay. You, you mentioned your father and your brother. Um, but another thing that you mentioned was you hopped onto that call with David Lee and they said, you know, that's exactly what we need. And they brought you on board. Now that's a S that's a really small comment. You were selling cars and recruiting and the founder of a tech company said, that's exactly what we need. How did that conversation go? What
1: were you offering that grabbed their attention? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And for anybody trying to get into tech sales, this is a moment where uh, you have to put your ego aside. Um, And what I was offering was cold calling. And fast forward Mm -hmm. to today, it's aka, it's BDR, SDR work, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's willing to uh, grind it out on the phone. And that's, you know, Dave and James are both brilliant guys, engineer guys, but, but they did not want to spend their day, you know, calling up the local landlords, um, or, or landlords across Canada or whatever. And, and I was happy to do that. And I was, you know, I sort of said, look, I, in, in my world, in my job today, I make 75 to 100 calls. I, people tell me, you know, to, you know, you get rejected all day, whatever, mm-hmm. you just kind of roll with it. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable to do that. If you guys want me to make some calls for you, you know, where's the phone? I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, that's not a problem. And so that was really, it was just a simple offer just to hit the phones for them and try and get some results. And we And we, did. We, you know, I got them in front of some of the biggest, you know, you, you go on Ezra Street in Waterloo here. It's like, it's all student houses. Um, I think the guy that did all that, his name was, I think it was also Mark. Uh, but, you know, I chased that guy forever. And they finally took a meeting with us, uh, Shrembry. A building in town like mm. all those guys we, we met with all of them just from sheer like i'm not i'm not going to stop calling you until you meet with me um that's great meet, pitch. so that was it, so that good. was really it it was a pretty simple offer i'll hit the phones for you hard wow
0: okay so that's a very simple value prop i love it we talked about how you got into tech but leveraging the network still cold calling for a small startup that's a there's a big gap between that and where you are now when we last spoke, you talked about how the network introduced you to the founders at, uh, mile vision where you were next, but then also got you in touch with Corey flat from bonfire where you are now. Yeah. Okay. These are, these are intertwined. How does this happen?
1: Yeah. And oh man, I'm so thankful it did. Um, so at spark matrix, we were redoing our website and uh, David and Corey must've known each other somehow. Um, but Corey, Corey came on to redo our website, and I, I you know, got to know. We, we got along really well, and uh, okay, I think. Wait, wait,
0: can I double check that? This is the yeah. CEO of Bonfire, I assume. Must be before Bonfire was. Oh well, but this building? is two
1: thousand and five. Yeah, Bonfire was yeah. twenty twelve. So this is this is <laughs> seven eight years before Bonfire, and Corey Corey's in business at Laurier. But course, like, you know, of course it's like self-taught, you know, he coding guru too. Like, <laughs> so, so good. I'm, Corey will listen to this maybe and I'm, I'm helping his his ego, but um, <laughs> it's all good. But uh, yeah, so Corey had also just gotten back from Bolivia and it just so happened that my wife and I, my girlfriend at the time, we were, we were going to Bolivia uh, in a few months and mm-hmm. to do some volunteer work. And so, Corey and I grabbed lunch. And we were talking about Bolivia and, and obviously also talking about like entrepreneurial stuff and what mm-hmm. he was up to. And actually, it's funny. I remember at that time thing. Like this guy's very smart. Um, Corey is Corey is brilliant. And we stayed in touch because when I got back from Bolivia, Corey was now at Myovision and wanted Corey. I remember going out for lunch with him again. He's like, "You should come to Myovision." You know, he tried to hire me there, but that's when I, I pivoted. I went into the brewing world. Um, which was a good idea and a bad idea at the same time, but that's perhaps another story. But anyway, that's how I met Corey Flat. We, uh, we, were, we, we met at the Spark Matrix days and, uh, and that whole crew, MyoVision, and, and basically everybody up at the Accelerator Center you know, back, back at that time.
0: And that's so good. So we have covered so many bases and I know I promised that we wouldn't keep you too long. I have just a couple of more questions before we wrap up, if that's okay?
1: No worries, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, first off, I, I love this story. I mean, you've dropped some fantastic insights. You have the power of cold calling, leveraging your network. Uh, I mean, one of the key things that I heard here is, you know, make sure you you build good relationships with everyone because you never know your web designer might be your CEO. Uh, yeah. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: This, this is great. Don't burn uh, bridges.
1: Yeah, Totally. Yeah.
0: Uh, if if you're looking back at at your journey, I mean, you've done so much that's right. And you've had so many successes. But if you were looking back at your journey over the, the last decade or, or more, what advice would you give a younger Andrew Wilgar?
1: Um, well, I talked a little bit about the academic side of things before. Mm-hmm. I I would probably, uh, I wish I had gone further with that side. So, you know, you, you can go a long way with selling. Um mm-hmm. But I, 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 today, as I you know look at what we're doing and some of the stuff we're involved in, um, I wish I had more technical aptitude for sure. So that's one side of it. I always think, you know, man, I really, I probably if I'd just spent a couple hours a day in the books, I probably would have had that much more. Um, but I was, I was always just kind of tinkering with ideas, I suppose, or, or kind of daydreaming a little bit too much about big ideas. So that, that's probably a big thing, what I've uh, it, the, the school side of it, and, and giving a giving good foundation there. Um, and I, I think I probably, the other one I was thinking about is, uh, I always saw myself as an entrepreneur, but uh, you didn't really embrace the sales thing until, I, you know, um, really until almost up to my vision, I was doing all this sales stuff, and I was happy to do it, and I enjoyed it. But it was always kind of like, yeah, but it's sales. Ugh. Um, but I wish I'd just kind of embraced it as uh, because when I got to Myovision, that was an amazing experience too in terms of working with as an AE, amazing group of people, Ryan McCartney and Andrew Moore and Roman, like all these guys I met there that were really really good sales guys, and um, that's where I really embraced like wow you can sales is full on and embrace it, um, and then I realized that, you know even for that when you start hiring we started raising money and started pitching and all that stuff. It's like, this is all sales. It's all sales. And then I got into the point of like, why aren't they teaching this more? Like, why isn't sales a bigger, it's a bigger thing going forward. That's, that's something I'd like to be a part of is how do we make sales a bigger part of the curriculum um, than it is? Cause it, at the end of the day, sales is, is business, business is sales. So anyway, that's a whole other story, but yeah, that's, that's probably looking back some of the things I would, I would focus on.
0: Well, sharing your, your story like this with people who aspire to get into sales is a great step in, in helping kind of normalize it, bring it into schools. And uh, so, so you're making a big contribution now doing this.
1: Uh, yeah, hopefully. I it's uh, Yeah, there's, I mean, you'd mentioned Laurier and Waterloo and town here. It'd be cool to see them do some stuff. Obviously, Communitech's really helped out a lot. Um, yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's an amazing career. Uh, it gets you just all kinds of cool experiences and travel. So, um, yeah. Like I said before, I feel very fortunate to have sort of fallen into a little bit, but also knowing that's the path I wanted to, wanted to take. That's awesome.
0: Okay. I mentioned I'd be able to let you go. I've got a couple rapid fire questions and, uh, and then we can wrap up and I'll let you get back into selling.
1: Yeah, Sure. No, no rush. No rush. Okay. So
0: you have had such a, a great selling career. I, I get cars to cold calling to gov tech and everything between, uh, what's been your favorite sales tool?
1: Favorite sales tool? I mean, be, <laughs> other than the phone. <laughs> <laughs> got, there you go. Your story fits
0: that. Got it. Got it.
1: Um, the phone is very important. It drives me crazy when people, you know, rely on like email drip campaigns and stuff. It's like, just pick up the phone, and call them, um, mm-hmm. get the answer faster. Um, <sighs> favorite tool? Geez. I, I I mean if software stuff I'm a big fan of Gong and I really like what they're doing recently um it's a great tool uh is that is that kind of what you mean Joseph I don't i never even really thought about my tools Um,
0: (laughs) I think the phone was the strongest answer right there so I'm going to take that one and put that one onto the list
1: yeah phone Um, for sure uh get a get a good phone uh that's the key yeah
0: outside of the office though so shifting gears more personally what's your favorite movie
1: uh my oh my favorite i've got a i've got a lot of them um i suppose if i had to pick one movie i, I i'm kind of stereotypical. i love scarface i'm a big scarface fan nice big al pacino fan yeah
0: this is good that's this is the first first scarface reference we've had i've asked this question a lot really? uh, but yeah scarface is a good one.
1: Oh, scarface um, great movie
0: there we go okay uh last one Uh, you've shared a lot about your journey you've done a lot of things but when you were a kid you know, when you think back to your your kind of earliest uh, goals, what did you want to grow up to be?
1: An entrepreneur. Uh, I nice. it, it sounds really. Um, I have well, again, this kind of goes back to my brother a little bit, right? But um, the first toy, <laughs> I have this really <laughs> clear memory of this shopping with my mom, and going past Grand and Toy. I think it was mm-hmm. in like Westmount Plaza back in this like back in the eighty, I don't know, probably eighty late eighties. Uh, and they had a plastic briefcase and I was just like, that is the greatest thing ever. I want that plastic <laughs> briefcase. I want to be a businessman that is sweet. And it was blue and I think I ended up got, getting it and I filled it with cars or whatever, but it was a, it was a briefcase and I, I always wanted to be a, a business person. So, and I, I was, Mama. yeah, I sort of romanticized about the, the, the entrepreneurial side of it, startups and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I guess I've been I've been lucky in the sense that I, I don't always have the idea, but I've been able to plug in at really early stages with brilliant people. I mean, Dave, David Lee's an example, Curtis McBride an example, uh, certainly Corey Flatt and and Alex, uh, founders of Bonfire. So um, get in early and work extremely hard to help help them grow their businesses, but also sort of own the own the idea of, as if it were my own as well, which in Bonfire's case, it's you know the, the four of us at Bonfire really sort of feel like a founder because we were there kind of uh, working away for the first few years to get it get it going. So um, yeah, it's been a good, it's been an awesome, awesome ride for sure. This
0: this has been such a great conversation, Andrew. Thank you so much for for sharing and opening up about your journey. This was incredible.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to share it. It's it's fun to talk about. You don't really uh, kind of dig back into that <laughs> very it, often. It, but when it start thinking, about it, like, wow, yeah, there are a lot of really funny connections here. I haven't thought about them in in years. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, we've got such a cool community in, in town here uh, in Waterloo, and Fortunate to have spent time in in the valley with Bonfire, so it's been a, a cool journey. But for anybody getting in into to sales, uh, leverage the network. Um, my other piece of advice to people on a resume, it, I gave the example before of you know, here's what I can offer, here's what I can do for Spark Matrix, and that was really game changer. I read so many resumes where it's like, I want this, I want that, I want this. Here's here's what mm-hmm. I want. Make your resume about what you're going to do for the business. What, you know, Here's what I offer. Here's here's how I can kill it for you, the, the company. Um, simple little tweak. That, well, When I read that as a, as a hiring manager, I'm like, yeah, th- immediately in. I want somebody that's thinking about how they're going to help the business, not just themselves, although that's important, but you know what I mean.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, this has been fantastic. I'm so looking forward to getting this episode up. I think it's going to be an inspiration for tons. Uh, but thank you again for sharing the time.
1: Yeah, well, thank you again Joseph. It's uh it's great to chat and I'm looking forward to uh to hearing it as well. So, thanks uh, for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. We'll chat soon. Uh hope you guys stay safe and and happy selling.
1: Same to you. All the best. We'll chat soon. Chat soon. Cheers.